Hi, I'm Tim from Marathon Mates. This week we are joined by Michael Walton to discuss one of our favourite running events, the Australian Outback Marathon at Yulara. Michael is going to tell us all about the event and why it's so much more than a race. I can't wait to hear. Uh, can't wait to hear all about it. Are you ready to run? Let's go. Welcome to the thrilling world of the flying runner, brought to you by the Marathon Mates. To the flying runner i'm tim and i'm joined on this episode by tara and tony as well as our very special guest michael walton from the australian outback marathon michael has kindly agreed to join the marathon mates for this episode where we'll take a very close-up look at the australian outback marathon which has just been held at ulara welcome michael hey tim hi tara how you going tony very nice to be with you yeah yes yeah. welcome tony uh, welcome michael and um just for a way of introduction and a bit further information, Michael is the race director of the Australian Outback Marathon and is the other half of the Travelling Fit team. If you recall, we interviewed the founder of Travelling Fit, Murray Maher Walton, way back on episode one. And the Australian Outback is definitely one of our favourite events and I can't wait for everyone here to hear all about it at this year's event mm -hmm. that's just been run and done. But first of all, how's everyone been? Tony, Tara, how's your week been? And Michael, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well well tim i've got to say i was thinking about one of the comments that murray ma made uh, during our interview with her where she said tough times are a positive thing and any sort of challenges that come up against us is a positive thing and i really had to think about that on saturday we did our long run on saturday and um sharon Powell walked for, I think, 21K and I ran for 22. But around the 16K mark, an old footy injury flared up in my knee. Uh, so, and it was Mari Ma's words of advice going in, Tony, tough times are a positive thing and they make us stronger. So, um, yeah, so a little bit of a hiccup for me at the moment. I'm going to do a week of power walking just to keep going and keep time on the legs. But the knees uh, got a little bit of soreness in it. So we will get through it. Yeah, got to hang in there. Um, Berlin's not that far away. So you've got to mm. prevent injury and, and maintain it as best you can. Tara? Yeah, well, we did park run as we always do every Saturday morning. We didn't do our long run this weekend only because we've got sunny coast half marathon this weekend with Patrick. So he's decided, as some of you may know, to just run his second half marathon with us. Um, so we're sort of like on a half a taper. It's, it's a really weird position <laughs> to be in because we're sort of tapering, but we're leading into a marathon. So um, mm. yeah, I don't know really how that works, but we just did 10Ks. We did a 5K pre-run before park run, and then we did park run at New Farm Park Run, New and we Farm. see in Aisha, who's another Travelling Fit member there, which is fantastic. And we saw a lady by the name of Claudia Stevenson. Claudia is actually a blind runner from Melbourne, so she got we know her through our Team Alice page, and she's actually 
we caught up with her because she wanted to catch up with us. So we went to New Farm just to see her as well. So it was really oh, good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Voice, voice to the name, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was quite, quite <laughs> It's good to see him. And uh, Michael, have you been doing any running in the last week? I haven't been doing a lot of running, uh, guys. I, um, I'm fobbing myself off here. I actually had uh, <laughs> surgery on my foot in um, February. So I'm just coming back from an injury. So I'm hopefully. Uh, back on my feet uh, mid-August, according to the surgeon. So, yeah, I'm doing a fair bit of rowing, which is good. So I'm trying to, I'm still mm. keeping myself fit, but uh, yeah, I'm off my feet at the moment. Is there lots of rowing or sculling? <laughs> Let's go with rowing for now. <laughs> nice play on words there. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess very um, for us, the other big news uh, for Team Ellis is we finally got out of WA, Western Australia, on Run Down Under. Um, so for those who don't know, Run Down Under is a virtual run around the world. It's actually called Run the World. Um, and we finally, after I don't know how many years we've been stuffing around in WA, <laughs> it's a fair old run. You literally run from up the top at Kununurra all the way around the WA coastline, right round up to the Nullarbor on the, on the southern section there. So it's a long way around. It is please, a long way. Please be aware that this is a virtual run. <laughs> this is not, we have travelled to WA and done this run either, by the way. So, uh, yes, we will talk a bit more about Run the World or Run Down Under mm. in a different episode, but yeah, yeah. Tony's part of it too, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I, jo I joined this year and I think I've only just hit the Queensland border, so I, I haven't even thought about getting to WA yet. So. <laughs> All I can say is it's a very long slog and to finally get out there. We're now in the middle of nowhere on the Nullarbor. So all right. Yeah. So, all right. So uh, it looks like we've all been a little bit busy, um, but I guess the next segment we get into is the marathon news. So I'm going to mm -hmm. hand it over to Tara with some of the, the marathon news. So what's what's been happening this week in the world of marathoning? Well, the good thing is, is that you haven't given me any of those difficult names to pronounce this week, so thank you very much, Tim. Um, we'll talk about the Canberra Marathon um, because that's just opened up the entries for next year. They've got a marathon, the half, the 10K, the 5.4K, and a 2K kids run distance. Um, this is going to be on the 7th of April 2024, um, about a week before Boston Marathon. So the event mm. is now included as an Abbott Major Age Group World Ranking event, which is great news for this event because it will help attract more runners yep. as well. Um, it's a great-looking course. It starts um, and finishes at the front of Old Parliament House and includes a run around parts of Lake Burley Griffin and other scenic areas of... Canberra, so mm. that's really good. Haven't haven't yeah. done Canberra yet. Has have you done it, Tony or Michael? Have you been and seen it? Yeah, it was I? I did it. Oh, when I had more hair. <laughs> uh, yeah, quite quite a quite a few years ago, I, I yeah. did Canberra and absolutely loved it. I'm I'm a very slow back of the pack plodder. Mm best of times but i did a 434 round camera which was my fastest ever marathon and absolutely loved it yeah mm. yeah, really and, about it. yeah i'd never really given it a second thought to be honest but it sounds like it's i can imagine that the weather would be nice it'd be ideal running weather and it sounds like a pretty scenic run so it's certainly yeah. something that 
you brought to my attention this week, but um, I'll wait a couple of years. I'll get the six stars out of the way and then I'll start looking at <laughs> That's it. And Tara, what else is happening? Um, so Cape Town Marathon, um, that's one of those three events that are looking to be a world mm. majors um, to get into for the seventh star. Um, that's going to be on the 14th, 15th of October this year. At the end of June, they had about 7,500 entries. Mm -hmm. They're the same as Sydney. They still need the 15,000 finishes. Um, so I don't know how many they actually have because they haven't been putting up on social media what their numbers are now. I do know that they gave away 2,000 free entries to help them get to that 15,000 entries. Um, and they've just um, put out a new route mm. that they're running. So um, it looks like it's a really good course. It's flatter, um, only has 90 metres of elevation over the whole thing, so it should be much faster. Um I think the total elevation gain is now only about 170, sorry, it's got 90 metres less, so it's only about 179 metres of elevation mm. now. Um, but they should get some really decent rounds out of that, like being close to the African continent, they should be nice and easy for the other runners to travel to that will make it easier, hopefully. Um, yeah. Um, and what else? Have? Oh, Cameron Avery. Can't forget, can't, forget, can't forget Cameron. Um, he won the national cross-country championships for New Zealand, running the 10K mm. 31 minutes and one second in Taupo. So, oh, um, <laughs> hey, if I could do a 5K at that time, I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 10k cross country in 31 minutes is is pretty quick. Yeah, yeah it's very quick. Yeah, well done. Take photos. I wonder well if he was doing his uh, swish. Yep, that's right. Yep. Um, well done, swish. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's um, that's that's bloody good news for Cameron to to keep going and 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 get that sort of a result because yeah. you know as we saw last week, you know Rob De Costello was an excellent cross country marathon mm. runner and converted across into marathons. Yeah. So. and we all know how that went. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't start at cross country. That's my problem. <laughs> uh, so, Michael, what's the big um, event for you guys that is coming up? Um, yeah, I've got a, uh, yeah, we've got a couple. We, um, we've obviously got Boston um, is, is very heavily on our horizon at the moment because we, we normally work six to nine months at least in advance of the majors because mm. of the demand. Um, we've got Madox coming up in three weeks, which will be over four. Um, then obviously, as you guys know, we've got Berlin coming up at the end of September. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, all, all uh, what's the word, uh, pedal to the metal, I believe. I <laughs> say that wrong. I'm sorry to, to stop and think about that. But, yeah, all, all systems go at the moment for us. It's great. So, so the Marathon mm. de Madoc, that's the one with the wine at the drink stations, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's a. I can't remember something like twenty-four drink stations that they have along the way, and they. The big feature on most of the drink stations is some of them actually have sports drinks and water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man. you get to dress up for that one as well. Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. something like eighty percent of the field, or more than eighty percent of the field. Uh, dress up is gastronomy is the theme this year oh, so wow. we're expecting quite a lot of chefs and waitresses to be running yeah. um that's certainly what i'd be doing it, it's one of those really funny things as well because people dress up in all sorts of weird and wonderful costumes 
and then they get started and suddenly realize that they've got to run in them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's it's a six and a half hour cutoff, and you know, as wow. you can imagine, there's wine on all of the the drink stations. You do tend to get quite a lot of people finishing in that last half an hour. They've either misjudged <laughs> it or they've really judged it well, one or the other. So, wow! Yeah, and, be, this, and it's I, a lot of fun. And I'd imagine the GPS signal on Strava must be very interesting as well. Whether they <laughs> do a little bit of a zigzag as they go, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain it's supposed to be a straight line through the vineyards, but, but I'm certain <laughs> it's not when you look at it. All so, I can say uh, is that I hope that there's lots of uh, portaloos along the way for toilet stops with that amount I, of wine. Again, so you know, we run a race that's out in the middle of the desert. So when you when you're out and about, I think you you use the toilets that are available in whatever form they come. Right, yes, yeah. yes. The world is <laughs> toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's no polite way, as we all know we all run, there's no polite way of talking about toilets no, when you're running. You've got to go, you got to go. So No, no off-limits yeah. for that side of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and is it red so, wine or white wine, or is it a mixture of both that you can choose Yeah, it's a mixture, like yeah, because you're going through lots of different vineyards. Yeah. Um, so you get red, you get white, you get some rosé, you can get champagne on a couple of them. It really depends on, on the vineyard that you're going through and what their particular specialities. I remember you're in Bordeaux, so, you know, Bordeaux mm. is famous for its whites and specifically famous for its reds. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, it sounds like a fantastic event. And I guess yeah, if people get, want to know more about it, obviously this year's booked out, but next yeah, year. Yeah, this year's booked out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so. the, uh, next year you can look at it via travelingfit.com on the on the internet there. And, and uh, yeah, that's and right. Yep. Yeah, and we, we, we'll be taking deposits for next year. Obviously, we tend not to take deposits until this year's race is run. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that'll be coming out next year, it's, uh, and it's so much fun. Oh, that's one on Team Alice's radar for sure. <laughs> <laughs> not that I like a drink or two, you know. But... Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's not just the drink either. It really is. It's the camaraderie. It's the dressing up. It's the mm. it's the food on the drink stations. You get, you know, the everything you can think of that, that's French. You get bread and you get cheese and oh. you, know, you might get some snails if you're lucky. You get little bits of cold meats and all of that sort of stuff. So as you said earlier, Tara, it really is about pacing yourself and getting yourself <laughs> ready. Yeah. <laughs> actually finishing the six and a half hour time frame for this one so yeah it's, again that's really weird so you've always got people who run very quickly always in every race there's always people trying to get to the end as fast mm. as they can this isn't that race this is the mm. race where people wander along quite slowly they enjoy they enjoy the drink stations so there's a big party atmosphere there's a lot of bands going mm. and the biggest group of people tends to come in in that last half an hour yeah, so it's just huge numbers, and there's always one or two people who stagger in just behind the sweeper, desperately <laughs> trying to get over the line. And you know, they've had a really, really good race, but they don't get their medal. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. So, Marathon de Modoc, that's the one we're going to have yeah. to, to look keep at. on our radar. Mm. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, that's the marathon news this week. But uh, now we're going to jump into the reason why we're all here. We're here to talk about the Australian Outback Marathon. It's one of our uh, favourite events. It's an iconic event here in Australia. Um, we've all been lucky. We've been there. We've done it. And we talk about it as an event. It's not just a race. It's an event. Um, and mm. Michael will talk a little bit more about that shortly. Um, the race itself, it's it's held on the last Saturday in July at Ulara, which is a town pretty much smack bang in the middle of nowhere in Australia. Um, the only thing going for it is there's a giant rock <laughs> a couple of kilometres away from it, which is probably a pretty famous one that's in the background there on, on Michael's photo for those who can see us online. But um, 
yeah, it's Uluru or, or formerly known as Ayers Rock and, and not far away is the Olgas or, or Katajuda as well. Um, we love that. But before we start talking about the Australian Outback Marathon, Michael, we always ask our guests a couple of general running questions or intro questions. So okay. <laughs> we'll kick it off first with uh, why did you get into running and why? Why did I get into running? Um, so as you know, Mara Mara is my wife. Yes. When we very first met, I didn't do, well, anything really. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that my head got bigger than my feet. So I just tried to be all impressive and went for a run, tried to do the city to surf and suddenly realized, you know, that, that one of us in the family is a really good runner and the other one's called Michael. <laughs> um, but I got hooked. So we did the Sydney Surf one year and then I did the Sydney Half Marathon another year and just snowballed from there. Yeah. So I had done no running until I was in my early 30s at all. I'd never run. Yep. So, yeah, but, but yep. you finish your first race and once you do the first one, you just you swear you'll never run again right up until the point <laughs> where you enter the next one. Yeah. yeah. I think I've quoted that to you many times after a marathon, actually. <laughs> yeah, <my> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never do it yet, he says, at the start line. <laughs> yeah. So, All right, yeah, so nothing more impressive. I was, I was just, I was, I, I was trying to impress my wife, really. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if it worked, but she got me, well, she got me hooked on running. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very good. All right. Tony? Yeah, um, we all have our favourite events, um, Michael. We have fond memories of some, but we all seem to be able to say this one yeah. has been my favourite. So what's been your favourite? Okay, I get asked this a lot, as you can imagine. That I have two answers. The politically correct answer is my favourite race is any one that I finish. I've never not finished, so I've been very, very lucky. I've never had to DNF. The the marathon that I, I ran that I, I think I had the best time in, um, Mama and I did the Great Tibetan Marathon, which is up on far north India in the Tibetan Plateau. It's about four kilometres up. Oh, um, and mm. if I'm brutally honest, I'm not one that trains a whole heap, but I really trained for that race. I really trained. I... I did the right dietary things. I had all the right food. I wasn't drinking. I was very well hydrated. Uh, we went up there and we we spent enough time acclimatizing. And I still did five hours in the race, or well, five hours and 10 minutes, I think. Mm. But I felt fantastic all the way through. We were running down the Indus Valley, the most beautiful, beautiful place. Mm. We went camping for a few days when we were up there. So the the, the whole experience of being up there was just amazing and i would yeah. love to go back yeah it's amazing when you're running in great terrain and it yeah. just puts you in a really good happy space and it doesn't yeah. really matter about the time it's the it's the memories that's, that's yeah great. i've never worried about the time they, they do they tell me that i would have been at least an hour faster if i'd been running at sea level but i didn't care it didn't matter just the the people were just amazing i love the food um, yeah. As I say, we went camping to a place called the Mountains of the Moon, which looks like you're on the moon. Uh, I had a bath in uh, in a, a, an icy river, which was physically one of the coldest things I've ever done. <laughs> uh, and uh, with, with 
Oh, yeah, it wasn't. There was no part of my body that thanked me for it, but at least I did it. So, um, so I, have, I have nothing but fond memories of that particular event. It was just, it was just yeah. a great place to visit. Sounds yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we've asked Marimar the same question. How do you motivate yourself when things get tough? Obviously, you're coming back from an injury at the moment. Yeah. But you must have some sort of way of going, mm. I can't do this anymore, but then you do it. How do you force yourself to do that? I, I'm very lucky because I have Marimar to do that for me. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, without without being flippant about it, I've got somebody in the family who's a very good runner, right, who, I, who, who motivates me simply because she's so good at it. Um, and Marimar doesn't tend to get injured, and I, I don't train anything like enough, so I do. Mm. Um, but what keeps me going is, I think I've said it before, it's the thrill of finishing. It's never usually the thrill of starting a race, to be honest with you. And everybody has moments, doesn't matter how long the race is, you all hit the wall. And that wall can be 500 meters in. It can be 25 kilometers in. Everybody hits it at some point. But the feeling of finishing an event, that going over a finishing line, irrespective of the distance, that feeling never leaves you. And you mm. do it once, it's like a drug. You just yeah. want to do it again. So I, I think to myself, okay, enter something, get some skin in the game because you know you're going to get that feeling again. It doesn't matter how far the race is. Yeah. And I guess there's a lot worse things to be addicted to than running and that feeling of crossing the finishing line. So that's, right. that's, a, that's yeah. a good addiction to have, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yep. and if I can't run, I, the, the other thing that gets me going, if I can't run, I stand there and watch other people finish. That's almost mm. as good. Yes, yep, yep yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yep. I agree. That inspirational story stuff that yeah. you hear and see people who have who've challenged themselves, pushed their body to somewhere they've never been before and then see them finish, It's yeah. I, I get more out of that sometimes than I do out of my own achievements. So, yeah, yeah it's it's pretty good. Hey, you mentioned you've got an injury at the moment um, and that you can come back into running in the next little while. Yep. What are you training for? What are your thoughts on next? What, what's your next sort of race that you're looking at? So right? as I mentioned, I if, if I don't have a goal, I basically don't do anything. I, I watch other people. And I, I, I'm like a lurker in the background. I really enjoy watching other people run. Um, so I, in a moment of utter madness, decided that I was going to go and sign up and do the Dopey Challenge at Disney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, that's, been, that's coming. You've, you've been to numerous Dopeys, but you've never done the full Dopey Challenge, is that right? I've never done the full Dopey. I've done, I've done the five before, I've done the ten before, I've done the half before, but I've never actually done all four races in four days. Wow. So that's going to be it's going to be quite a challenge. I'm. I don't know whether I'll up for it. I'm up for it, but ask me in January. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, I can do it, Michael. You can do it. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'll use you as my inspiration, Tara. Uh, absolutely. When you get to the 35Ks in the marathon, yeah. you go, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, um, we've, we've got Tara's a reasonable group going over. So, you know, so we, we're taking a big group of people over, and I thought, well, you know what? We've done this so many times, and we've been there so many times. It's about time that I had a go. So, yeah, that's yeah. what's next. Well good on done. you. Yeah. yeah, good on you. They, they just did the medal reveal overnight, actually. Yes, they the did. Challenge. So the, yeah. the medal yeah. for this year or for January have just been released for the Dopey. 
Yeah, those the size of a dinner plate, which is awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For those that don't know, the medals are awesome. You do four events, you get six medals, and they're yeah. all like a five k medal is the size of my hand, sort of thing. Yeah. And then they only get bigger and more fancier from yeah. there. So, yeah. Oh well, we'll be we'll be actively following you and keeping an eye out for you on that journey. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, I'm a bit nervous That's about it, but uh, sign up through with Traveling Fit, and you'll have yeah. the best time ever. <laughs> well, thank you. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. All right, so the Outback Marathon. I'll hand it over to you, Tony. Yeah, the Outback Marathon, very fond memories of 2022, less fond memories for myself, 2021. <laughs> but um, let's first talk about the origin. How did the event come to be and why did you create it and why at Eulara? Okay, so let's go, let's go quite a long way backwards if we could. Um, and again, so Mama and I had been to, we've been to a few adventure marathons around the world um, that were like holidays, basically. As, as you guys know, you go on a holiday and you incorporate a run. We've been on a few of those before. Mm. But there was no concept like that in Australia at all. Everything was you'd turn up on a Sunday and you'd run your race and you'd go home. Um, you know, there's the odd different ones. So the Gold Coast has always been a place where people go for a few days. But traditionally, you go to a race, you run, you go home. And we thought, well, what a really, really good idea. And I said, when I say we, it's the royal we. Truthfully, it was my <laughs> idea. <laughs> I, I take as much credit as I can, but I, I do so little of the work. <laughs> um, but so we, we went to Uluru on a, on a break in 2004. And we went to Alice Springs. We did the, we did the Alice Springs race, which was great. Then we, we hired a car, drove down to Uluru, spent a few days there and thought, wow, this is amazing. Why don't we see if we can put a race on here? Now, bear in mind, this is 2004. Yeah. So we started to, you know, you, you do a little bit of paperwork, you get your little spreadsheets together, you start scribbling notes down. And when we started to look at it, we realized why nobody had done it before. It's a, it's a very remote location very hard to get things to, and there's nothing really there. If you don't take it with you, mm. you don't use it. So the idea didn't go away. It was a really, really good idea, and it remained a really, really good idea. So we kept chipping away at it, kept talking to different people. We talked to people at the resort. We talked to the traditional owners, obviously. We talked to the national parks. Um, but it was one of those things. There was nobody outside of Marmar and myself, there was no real champion for the event. There was nobody there who really understood what a race was. Yeah. And then there was a change of leadership out at the resort itself. There was a guy called Bernie who became the overall general manager. And he wasn't a runner, but he was a cyclist. So he understood the concept of going away and doing something. Mm. So he almost became a bit of a champion. Uh, he, he helped us push it along, helped us get certain permissions. We talked to... Um, people in head office um, who came on board. Um, and, yeah, six years later, we turned up in 2010, put the first race on. So it was a six-year – it was a very long gestation period for a race, but it was worth it, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, But Mama, truthfully, was the driver of that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're hoping she's listening to this, aren't you, Michael? <laughs> I will at some point, so I'll get a lot of brownie points, I hope. <laughs> it's, like, it's either that or I'll get into trouble yeah. for mentioning her name so many times. Yeah. So. No, she's a wonderful person. We love Mari Ma, so it's good. Um, so we know that this is not just a running 
spend um when you get the runners to be there or even the supporters to be there tell us about the start line tell us about um what happens from yeah. the time to the so, that you arrive and to the time that we finish yeah so as i mentioned we 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 wanted to put a race on that wasn't a race that you just turn up to the race to do so we 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 thought to ourselves because we were running if i'm a runner and i go to a location what do i want um i don't just want to run i want a holiday it's i'm going a long way to do this mm. so i want stuff so what is the stuff that i want so then we we put our event management hats on and said okay what do we do? One of us runs, one of us event managers, let's have a look at what we put together. So we said, well, okay, I want to get off the plane and I don't want to think about anything else for four days. I want it just done. I want an itinerary. I want to see the sights. I want really good food. I want to meet people. I want to do stuff. And I want to do a run that I'm never going to forget. So that mm. was the driving force behind the idea was to put something on that that made you feel when you left that the run was just part of the experience. It was, it's the hook that gets you in, but it's not the thing that you think about when you leave. Mm -hmm. So we started to design initially one itinerary. We now have five different itineraries <laughs> that all roll together on the Friday and Saturday. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go through our longest itinerary if, if you will indulge yeah, me yeah, for yeah, a yeah. moment. Um, so you get off a plane on the Thursday, for example, which is what most people do. Uh, we have a shakeout run on the Thursday, which takes you, basically gets your shoes dirty. It's the whole point of it. You get out there, you you go for a 3K run, you get yeah. to meet people. We take you up to the top of one of the lookouts and you get these sweeping vistas of Uluru and it sets the tone for the next four or five days. Then we do an outdoor, if you like, bush barbecue for 150 people. That's our, That's just saying welcome to everybody um, on the Friday morning, everybody gets up early. We give everybody a backpack. We send you off to Uluru, as you mentioned mm. earlier, guys. We, we do a full base walk, which is a hop on, hop off. So you get to go to Uluru. Uh, you get to see it as a tourist. We take you out to the cultural center. So you get to see Mariku Arts. You get to see indigenous artists actually painting, which is amazing. I have some of their mm. artwork myself. Uh, it's incredible to see people actually yeah. creating art as opposed yeah. to going to a gallery and seeing it on a wall. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Um, then we have, a, you know, we, we have an opportunity to buy merchandise. Uh, then we do a, <laughs> at five o'clock, we do a, um, so I'm, I'm laughing because I imagine myself doing it. We, we <laughs> have a, um, we have a welcome ceremony. So we have some indigenous dancers and singers that do a proper welcome to country. Um, because obviously it's their country. They're going to do it way better than I can. Then we do a, a full safety briefing. Um, and then we stand there and make fun of the runners for 15 minutes. So we <laughs> tell stories about where they've come from and what they're doing. And we sing happy birthday to people. And we, we give special bibs out. We try and make it very personal. So if yeah. you've got somebody who is, we always have people run on race day on their birthday. So if you're running on your birthday, for example, and you're 63, we'll give you number 63 to run in. Mm. Uh, we had a lady this year who was running her 300th marathon. Guess what number she ran in? Now, yeah. things like that. So yeah. we, and we, we, we try and make that. Number 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so some, some yep. people who get number 10. And, yeah, there's always 
Yeah, yep. we, we, we try and do that. So we make it personal. We tell little stories about people, which is good. Uh, we introduce the different running groups that have come. We introduce families. We we have a little segment where we um, we haven't done it the last couple of years, but we started again this year where we we have 20 different nationalities of an Australian turn up this year. So we greet them, but in their language. So it's an excuse for my colleagues and I to completely butcher other people. <laughs> <laughs> it terrible, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so we count down all the numbers, you know, things like that. Then we have a big pasta party um, yep. in the evening. That's Friday. That's your first day. Yep. Um, so that's a lot of fun. We get up very early. We have breakfast in a five-star resort on race day. Uh, then we bus everybody out to the race and I'm, I'll, I'll go into the actual race itself mm. in a bit more detail later, I'm sure. But then we have the whole race and there's a few things that we do there that are quite special. Um, and then in the evening, we all go to the, the the pub and we dance and we have a drink. And as a management team, we get to celebrate you, which is, which is totally awesome. Um, on the great. Sunday morning, you know, the Sunday, sorry, the Saturday evening, you can do a sunset tour. You can do camel rides. Sunday morning, you can do camel rides. We have tours that go out to Katajuta. We have a free stretch class. Um, and then the Sunday night, we take you out into the middle of the desert. We wind you, we dine you, and then turn all the lights off and look at the Milky mm. Way overhead, which is just stunning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's so we have a big celebration dinner, which is a very which is a very private function. We have video, we have photos of all the runners of the day before that we we show as a slideshow. We do a few speeches, have a bit of fun. And then some people go off to Kings Canyon on the Monday and then everybody mm. home on the Tuesday. So it's a pretty full itinerary and I haven't even talked about the race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. it is an event and, yeah. and it is an event for multiple activities. Um, yeah. we found we really liked and yeah, um, it's full on, but it's it's a really good experience. Mm. So yeah. you mentioned the courses and you mentioned about the runs. Let's let's talk yeah. about them. It is it is red sand running. Is it all red sand sand running all the way or is it um, it is, yeah, predominantly you're running on you're running on different types of red earth trails. We, as, as I mentioned, we, we've changed the course over the last few years. Um, we were talking to police last year and we had some road crossings that we didn't like. Uh, we've never had an issue, I would point out, ever with a road crossing. We're very careful. We've had mm. a lot of support over the years, but we didn't like the road crossings. So we've changed the course this year to effectively make it a – almost a 21 kilometer loop. And then we, we turn you around and you do that 21 kilometers backwards, which is amazing because it looks completely different. It's like you'd think yeah. it was a different course. Um, but what that has meant is that we're now predominantly running on bush tracks rather than sealed roads. Um, mm -hmm. So there are a lot of graded sections, but there are there's some soft sand as well. There's some gravelly type tracks. So if you imagine you're out in the bush and there's no sealed road, we give you everything else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then I guess um, the things that we remember, um, the race starts with the didgeridoo playing and the sun <laughs> comes up over Uluru in the background. Yeah, yeah um, we, we get everybody out there. Actually, we again, we, we, we change things up every year just slightly. We get everybody out there by about quarter to seven now. So where the race start is, um, is right next. I'm sure everybody's heard of the Field of Light, which is an amazing solar installation out at Uluru. We get everybody out there about quarter to seven, so you get to see the field of light in all its glory in the morning. These yeah. multicolored solar bulbs just sitting there in the dark. And about seven o'clock, the false dawn, and you just get to see the light coming up over Uluru. Um, and this huge, big, black, monolithic rock that starts to just slowly change color, which is incredible. 
Uh, sunrise is about 7.30 or 7.28, if I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> 7.28, about four seconds. Not that I time it, but still. <laughs> One needs to know these things. Um, and just before uh, the sun comes up, we have a didgeridoo player who plays for about five or ten minutes. Uh, it's a guy called Dwayne, and he's absolutely unbelievable. So you get this mm. ethereal sound of a didgeridoo playing. There's no noise as the sun's coming up behind him over all the room. And it's just, it, it sends a shiver down my spine. Just thinking about it. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, me um, too. It's very much so. That didgeridoo is just something that's really clearly etched in yeah. my brain. Yeah. And then about uh, between quarter to eight and eight o'clock, depending on the light and depending on whether or not I've got my act together, um, we start the race. Um, and we don't do it right on sunrise. People have asked us before why we don't do it for the heat. We actually do it because... As you can see behind me, we've got an amazing photograph of Uluru. Um, we want everybody to have their photographs. So all photography and video is free at the race. It's mm -hmm. all included. We, everybody gets, if you're running the marathon, you get 50 or 60 photographs of yourself around the course. If we start too early, there's no light. Yep. Um, so we want you to have the light for your photograph. So we start a little bit later. Um, and then we have an eight-hour cutoff for the marathon, for the half marathon. We don't effectively have a cutoff for the 6 and the 11. You can take as long as you like for those. They start about 45 minutes later. So you've got seven hours to do an 11-kilometer mm. race. So, yeah, and off people go. And then we, um, we, we had a policy when we very first started. We wanted to make the Australian Outback Marathon very personal. So every single runner gets called over the line by name. Yeah. Um, if there is any story associated with that person, that gets said out loud. Uh, we jeer them up. Usually I, I stand there for eight hours and scream, so I've usually lost my voice, <laughs> to be honest, which is a blessing for everybody on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, mm. So we try and make it very, very personal. So it's not often in a big race you get to hear your name. Yeah. We try and call every single person. So everybody hears their name as they're crossing mm. the finishing line, which we quite like. So, yeah. yeah, we just roll through the day. We have a... We, we, we deal with the Ananu Communities Foundation, so they bring a barbecue now. Every year we have a big barbecue, which is a is a donation. So if you want to have something from the barbecue, you just take it. Uh, and then all we, we ask is you donate when you get back to the hotel. You don't have to. So it's absolutely yeah. free if you don't want to. So, you know, that's there. We have, uh, we have hot and cold food. We have tea and coffee. We have food at the finishing line for everybody. We cater for everybody's dietary requirements if they've told us what they are. Um, so, yeah, we just have a great time for eight hours. We have a lot of ACDC playing, as I'm sure you remember. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we have a lot of Australian rock music playing all day long, yeah. big speaker system, and, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And now I know that a lot of your work is also done with the local communities while you're out there as well, and a lot of support goes back to them. Um, I know this year I've sent out a lot of running shoes um, with yes. one of our friends who took a, who took a car out. Um, <laughs> yes, they thank you. Four million pairs of shoes. Um, that 157, actually. This oh, wow. Um, so um, that's fantastic because that actually goes back to the local community and helps them mm. as well. So a lot of what Australian Outback Marathon does actually supports all that local community, the schooling, the community, health, it's not just about the running side of things. You're actually giving back to that community, that 
is in that area as well. So that's a really yeah, good thing for you guys. We do try to. We, we sponsor... It's not just us, I would bear in mind. There's a lot of credit goes to the Indigenous Land Corporation who are the owners of the Ayers Rock Resort. Mm. They, they chip in a huge amount here as well. Um, so we we have three Indigenous schools, one from Ernabella, one from Ildulcana. I, I mispronounce that every time I say mm-hmm. it. And uh, Pippa Jarrah as well. Uh, we invite 20 kids and carers from each of those schools um, every year. So that's 60 kids and carers completely for free for the whole weekend. We pay for, or between us and the resort, we pay for everything. So we give them all mm. a shirt and all of their race costs. They get accommodation, they get food, all of that stuff. Um, so we basically, so we have 60 Indigenous kids come every year. Um, and on top of that, just because a few years ago we thought it was funny, uh, we also take 50 race bibs to the local primary school and every single kid from the local school gets to run for free if they want to. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so the local school, we actually have a, we have a separate event now, which we call a kids' marathon. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they do a little bit of training during the year. They do round and round and round and laps and whatever. Um, so they all do a six-kilometer race because they're only little. They're only, you know, young kids. Mm. Um they do that, but we have a special bib made up for them, which is a kids' marathon bib. They get a special ribbon, so they get they have, effectively have their own community event, uh, and they all run that for free. So, yeah, and then we we collect shoes and any clothes that are left out there, we donate, and yeah, we we do what we can. It's it's never enough, but we do what we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's an amazing uh, event. It's an amazing cause, and it's an amazing experience. And I might just re reiterate 2021 was only a negative because of the race yes. um as you were as you were reciting those five days those um, the amazing memories i had from 2021 was everything else except the the hiccup i had in the race so <laughs> you still and, you did a glorious ultra half though tony that's the important yeah thing. i i i completed a 28k I, and I think I was the only one that completed that 28k that year. You were a race all on your. I should have made you yeah. a medal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, but it's not just being called over the line, Michael. You as the, you're coming down that finishing straight. As soon as you can pick up and identify who it is, mm. you you're you're walking them pretty <laughs> pretty much from you know half a k out. You're talking. Yeah, about we try people, to. Which, yeah, yeah, we yeah. try to. Which we have are, a big PA is... system that's pointed basically at the runners. You can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. I'm quite lucky because I'm in an announcer's tent, so the speakers are all facing outwards. So yeah. I I don't hear quite how loud I am out on the course. I was told <laughs> yeah. this year that I could be heard at the three-kilometer drink station. Oh, wow. So, yeah. You probably could, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it's not, it's um, not three-kilometers – um, as the crow flies, obviously it's three kilometers no. round, so it's about a kilometer as the crow flies. But apparently, I could be heard. So, yeah. yeah. So over the years, um, and the two years we went, that Sharon and I went, we met some pretty inspirational people. And I heard when we had Murray Maher on the um, program as well on the show, yeah. she talked about the lady who could only run one k at a time, and then she yeah. did her last kilometer at the australian outback marathon she did. what other inspirational stories really move oh, you about people doing it there have been some incredible ones over the years they really have now i'm i'm going to not name too many names mainly to protect my own memory <laughs> rather than <laughs> anybody else but so the very yeah. first year for example we had 
um, a couple from Canada. Now, we didn't know, but they came to the race as their honeymoon. So they wow. did the whole race holding hands all the way around. We've had a couple <laughs> who did the race together all the way around. They were absolutely lovely, but unbeknownst to us, they finished. They got straight on the shuttle bus, went back to the resort, got changed, and got married. Oh, uh, no. So that was that was pretty cool. We had a, um, I could go on like this all day. So I'll, try, I'll try not to. We had um we had a nine year old uh, young gentleman from New Zealand. Now we don't normally allow people that young to run the longer races. We don't think it's safe for them. But he got medical clearance. He came over mm. with one of his parents, uh, gave us a doctor's certificate. He was actually making a documentary for New Zealand Television about trying to encourage younger kids to exercise so wow. he came over and filmed himself doing a half marathon wow amazing and it took him a while but you know more power to him that was yeah that was absolutely amazing we had uh, my mother came over in 2019 <laughs> my mum I, I love my mother uh, she's quite a heavy smoker she's never run more than about four steps in her life and she managed to do a six kilometer race it took her four hours Wow. She did six K. She's never done an organized event before. Um, <laughs> we had the amazing Evelyn. Uh, Evelyn is 89 years old. Wow. She did her first ever six kilometer race last year. I think you guys mm. may remember her coming over mm. the line. That was 89 years old. She's never run a race yeah. before. Yeah. You know what? Kid, her kids, her kids, uh, you know, older than we are. <laughs> she came with the kids and came with the grandchildren. She thought, well, if they're doing a race, I'm going to do a race. So it was the most amazing thing. Yeah. So we have, we have stories like that every year. There's always mm. something every year that blows me away. We had a lady this year doing a half marathon. She'd never done a half marathon before, and it was her husband's birthday. So she thought, well, I'll do the half marathon. She's done some training. She felt really, really good. Um, she's, you know, she's trundling along. She's not super quick, but she's trundling along. Um, she's towards the back of the pack. She comes up against another lady who's really struggling. I mean, really struggling. She's, you know, badly cramping. She's mm. sitting down. She's not feeling well. So this particular, uh, and I won't name names, but this particular individual just said, you know what? My race isn't about me doing my time. My race is about me finishing with this person. So she basically stopped, spent an extra hour out on the course just helping somebody else through. It's that sort of wow. camaraderie happens. We gave her an award, as it turns out. That's um, beautiful. The uh, there's a the the lady that you mentioned that Marama talked about. It's a lady called Joe Penkin who had multiple cirrhosis. We have two awards now we named after her. The big glass trophies with her name mm. on them. We have one for perseverance. We one for inspiration. This lady got the inspiration award because it was inspirational. Yeah. Um, what she did. It's not necessarily for a marathon runner. So, yeah, the, the stories like that, I, I could keep going on all night, but we've, mm. <laughs> we've run out of time. Stories <laughs> like that every single year of people just being people with other people. It's absolutely amazing. Incredible. And that's so, the best thing about the Outback Marathon. It's not like a normal big race where you've got that elitism or anything like that. Like Boston, you know, everyone knows you have to qualify, you have to be the speed or you know, you go in through a travelling company like yourself or whatever, but there is no elitism with the Australian Outback Marathon. You can be a super fast runner and do it in really, really good time, or you can do it in eight hours or even longer, and you will be treated exactly the same way and with as much mm -hmm. respect as 
each other. And that's what we loved most about the Outback Marathon. Everyone is treated as an equal and it's for everybody. It doesn't matter what speed you can run at or what age you are or everyone can do it. Yeah, it's, I think going back to the to Marama's concept of the event is to acknowledge right at the very beginning that if I'm doing a six-kilometre race, that might be my marathon. Yep. yep. Therefore, I should be treated like that's my marathon. So you get mm. cheered just the same way as the marathon runner is coming over the line because, you know, I've, I've worked my butt off to get through six kilometres. I may never have done it before, and you deserve to be acknowledged for that. Everybody does. And not Absolutely. just at our race. Truthfully, at every race, everybody yeah. should be acknowledged. So... You know, if if I take nothing out of what we do, it's just I like to acknowledge people when they finish. I like people to feel special. Yeah. You um you mentioned that you had a number of international. I think you said was it twenty different countries this year? Yeah. Yeah. So so where do they roughly come from? What sort of countries are we talking about? Are they scattered everywhere around the world? Are they mainly yeah, New Zealand? Much. Local yeah, or? we we get a fair fair few of our, our brothers from across the water, brothers and sisters from across the water. Obviously, we get, we we always get a, a reasonable group of um, Americans come over, um, but truthfully, I think over the thirteen years we'd have had a hundred different countries represented. I would mm. think. I, I don't have the stats with me, but. Yep. People come from everywhere. We we have people from you know islands off the coast of Russia that I've never heard of, and they would tell me where it is, and I've still never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, they, you tell me for a week where you come from, I've still got no idea where that is. Um, you know, we have people from Micronesia and from Polynesia, and they'll tell me the name of an island, and all I yeah. know is it's somewhere over there in the water. Just <laughs> no idea where they are. We've had people from Guam. We've had yeah. people from you know, everywhere, everywhere you can think of and all parts of everywhere that you can think of. Yeah. yeah. So we, not so much the last couple of years for political reasons, not because of people reasons, but we, we, we normally have a big group of Chinese that come in uh, mm. and a very good friend of ours called Stephen, who actually is out at Uluru is Chinese. He runs a, a Chinese tour company out there. Uh, he looks after them every year and they they show me on a map where they come from i have no idea what the names of these places <laughs> and they are the towns with two million people in them and for us it's like you know going to a village so there's people from it's it's awesome because there's people from everywhere yeah it's great yeah, yeah. it's um one of the things that i noticed this year and i'm going to encourage everyone listening or watching to make sure you go to the Travelling Fit Facebook page because the drone shot of the start I, I found was just magical this year, Michael. So, and do, you well, do have you. a little bit of a story about that if you wanted to share that. <laughs> that was a really weird one this year. We, um, we have a team of audiovisual technicians that come from Darwin uh, and they come every year because obviously there is, no, there is none of this equipment at Uluru. So everything, everything that we have, we, we bring in a five-ton truck. Um, and these guys brought all their audio equipment down there. There's an, an amazing drone show now out at Uluru that you can see at night. So we're at the start line, um, and I'm chatting away to, to the guys that have done all the audio visual, and they do all the power for us, and they, you know, they put up the, the speakers for the music and all that sort of stuff, which is great. Um, and one of the guys, a guy called Simon, says, oh, by the way, I brought a drone. Um, now, we've never used drones before because the course used to go close to the airport. Mm -hmm. um, and we always thought that was, you just don't want 
drones and planes anywhere near each other if you can possibly help it. So we've never had them before. Um, he says, oh, you know, would you like me to put the drone up and I can do a bit of footage and see what it looks like? And I went, hey, that's a really good idea. Unbeknownst to me, he'd been up there for an hour already. <laughs> <laughs> Things whizzing around all over the place. You can see it, as Tony mentioned, you can see it on the footage where this drone's going over the start line in the dark. I had no idea it was there. Yeah. Um, he said, oh, well, why don't you have a look at this? I can get people to wave as I go over them. And, and obviously this guy's a professional drone pilot. So I, I'm assuming that's what drone people are called. Drone pilots. <laughs> yeah. so I'll go with that anyway. Um, he, he's a professional. So he's, he's obviously very safe. He's got all of his licenses. He keeps a safe height and all of that sort of stuff. So he's got the drone going over. He's got runners waving. Then he's got the drone footage of people starting and it pans back mm. with Uluru in the background. And I'm looking at this footage live. And I'm going, so where's the drone now? Oh, it's following the leader, he said. They're about two kilometers down the road. And I'm, you can see it on the footage. It's just, it, it blew me away. Absolutely yeah. blew me away. So we took the, the, we just had to share it so other people got to see that. So it, was it absolute... really gives you a, an amazing idea of what it's like out there when you run. Yeah. yeah. So field of lights, the whole um, concept around the start, and it's magical. Now, just my final question before I throw it yeah. back to Tim. Um New course, does that mean there's a new course record? Or There was a new course record. We, uh, <laughs> uh, A guy called Dom who ran it this year, we actually made a point of saying that when he came over the finishing line, not only did he win this year, he set a new course record. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's just three hours and five minutes he did this year. Wow. So, and, uh, and a new PB for everyone returning. Absolutely. Yeah, every, everybody got an, everybody got a record this year. It was it was. I would have to go back just to get a different piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was great. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, All right. Fun. Well, thank you. Uh, we're just going to start to wrap it up. So the question I've got to ask now is: When is next year's event scheduled? When does registration open? And how do people register? Okay, so uh, in, in no particular order, the, the event's yeah. always the last Saturday in July, so it'll be the 27th of July next year. Uh, we are hoping to get uh, registrations open uh, sometime in September, mm -hmm. which will be great. Mm -hmm. um, you can find information, all the information about the race and the course and the maps and whatever we've done is on the website, which is uh, just www.australianoutbackmarathon.com. Um, or you can go to the Travelling Fit website, or of course, you can give us a ring anytime. We're happy to talk about it. Yeah. Mm. And um, there's different levels of accommodation, which we should have mentioned earlier as well. So it's not all five-star. You can actually stay in apartments or campgrounds as well, I think. Yes, you can. Yeah, there's apartments. There's, as you say, there's a five-star resort out there as well. There's one and two-bedroom apartments. There's a slightly, I'm going to call it a lesser resort, which is the Desert Gardens. It's not a lesser anything. It's a really <laughs> good resort. Um, and there's also some more budget-style accommodation at the Outback Pioneer as well. Yeah. Yes, four different races, five different courses, two massive monoliths and an amazing weekend. So yeah. so I think our recommendation is go for the the, the bigger package, the five-day package, the platinum package, I think you call it, because you get yeah, it. We, we recommend to everybody, if you can, there's we have five packages. We have a, a platinum, a diamond, a gold, a silver, and a red earth package. We'd always say to people, do at least the gold. Make sure you're there on the Sunday night. Uh, yeah. for the celebration dinner because as you guys would know mm -hmm. truthfully when mm -hmm. you go home the celebration dinner is what you remember not just the race yeah. oh yeah. yeah yep 
So. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thank you so much, Michael. That was uh, a trip down memory lane, I guess, for, for us three. But yeah. it was also hopefully very educational, informative and inspirational for anyone that's out there listening. So um, I would recommend 100% if it's on your bucket list, make sure you book early because they do sell out. You do sell out. It is a much does, sought yeah. after event. And uh, especially if you want to do the full package or at least the gold, the Sunday celebration dinner is just amazing. And it you you until you experience it, you just don't. It's just the Milky Way is just phenomenal. So, um, so yeah, don't don't be disappointed. Make sure you get in there and you book early now. It's been an amazing show, and I am going to throw because this is one of the most sought-after pieces of the show. <laughs> Feedback's flying. It's uh, and it's what we know as Tim's funny. So, over to you, Tim. Uh, this is getting harder. I, I say this every week, but I, I hate. <laughs> I'm hating this. But I'm, I'm hating the fact that I suggested we do a funny at the end of the episode. But anyway, hey, um, hey, Tara. Uh, you know when we were going out earlier on and we said we we're friends with benefits i always thought you meant you owned a running store, <laughs> a running store. <laughs> i don't own a running store and uh yeah <laughs> so sorry that's none of those benefits either <laughs> one of my mates listens to the show and he sent me through a funny this afternoon just in case so and it's um a, it's a meme of uh, uh dean um dean martin from the way back and he says i hate it when people say you don't need alcohol to have fun you don't you don't need running shoes to run but it kind of helps <laughs> <laughs> it's like that old age old no good uh, story started with a salad or something like that so. <laughs> All right. Oh. On, on that note, um, um, what's coming up next week, Tara? All right. Well, thanks for that, Tim. Uh, next week we're going to talk about running through the rut. Um, as we all know, going through that long run perspective, um, how do we stay motivated? How do we get up in the morning? Why do we get up in the morning? It's really mm. hard when you get to that eight week into your um, training run to keep yourself motivated when you've still got another six to seven weeks of marathon training to go. So we're going to share some of our tips and tricks. They might not work for you guys, but we hope they do because we've done a few marathons now to know what we, works for us anyway. So, yeah, we'll share all those tips and tricks with you guys next week. Excellent. Thanks for that, Tara. I promise you that that episode won't put you in a rut. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we've now concluded the sixth episode of The Flying Runner. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe wherever you listened or watched this episode. Video of this episode will be available on Spotify and YouTube, and audio will be available on, audio, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other popular podcast platforms remember every step forward is a victory lace up hit the road and we'll catch you on the next episode but one thing before i do say before we finish up thank you very much michael for joining us tonight on this episode and we look forward to uh seeing you on our tours as we go forward into the future mm -hmm.
Absolute pleasure, guys. Anytime. I, I could talk about the Australian Outback Marathon all day long, but it's more fun talking about it with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Thanks, very much. Michael. Until Thanks, next Michael. time. Happy running, everyone. Happy running. Happy running. Happy running.